Welcome to the Whole House Podcast, where you can find home, health, and family all in one place. Our team is comprised of moms from different upbringings and backgrounds. We each have different giftings and passions representing individual rooms, and together we are the Whole House. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the Whole House Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption, one of my rooms in the Whole House. I've been doing a series on instead of tips for kids who have had trauma. So what are instead of tips? These are tips that you can do instead of traditional parenting. Now we all know if we are in the foster care and adoption world or we have a child with a capital letter syndrome, Asperger's, autism, um, ODD, SPD, all those capital letters, Traditional parenting does not work with these kiddos. And so what do we do instead? What, you know, often when we learn the science about these sorts of things, we're told why traditional parenting doesn't work. And then we're left hanging like, okay, I, yeah, I'm familiar with the fact that those things do not work, but what works instead? And that's what these are, instead of tips. This is what you can do instead. So we are all the way up to number seven out of eight. So if you miss them, you can go back on the podcast backlist and look for those that you missed. And don't forget, there is a free printable infographic on thewholehouse.org in the printable resource section. Now, if you listen to Monday's podcast, that you will know that if you go to the website right now, it's slightly under construction, so some links might not work until things are back in order, so just be patient, but that is still there in the printable resource section. It has not disappeared. So before I start, let me just read over all the ones that we've gone over so far. Instead of a lecture, use simple language, eight to 12 words total. Instead of waiting for behaviors to intensify, respond quickly. Instead of giving orders, offer simple choices. Instead of just correcting, give an immediate retraining and a redo. Instead of expecting a child to know, clarify expectations. Instead of isolating when a child is dysregulated, keep the child near you. And this week, we're going to talk about, instead of only noticing the bad behaviors, offer praise for success. Now, before I go any further, you know, since I just read that list, if there's one of those that you're struggling with, you're thinking, oh, wait a minute, I I just really need to know about that one, just go listen to that episode. You don't have to do them sequentially in order. That's what I would think I have to do. Like I've got to start at the very beginning and do it right in order. No, you don't. Pick the one that maybe you're struggling with and go listen to that one. That's the best way to do it. And once you get your infographic, you know, you can print it. It's great to share especially with extended family or teachers or anybody who works with your kids, just so that they know, hey, 
I know that he's struggling in this area with regulating himself. This is what will help him. Okay? So, there's only one more after this, which is, instead of taking it personally, remember there is a need behind the behavior. Oh, that's a big one. Okay, so let's go back to, instead of only noticing the bad behaviors, offer praise for success. When parenting a child from a hard place, i.e. one who has had trauma, It's easy to get into that pattern of only noticing the bad behaviors because the child already believes he is worthless or of little value. Harping on the negative only solidifies his belief. Believe me, I have gotten stuck in that cycle so many times. It's like the fix-it cycle. And sometimes when we are trying to fix someone, We like to point out what is wrong with them, but we don't want them to do that to us, do we? No, we we only want to be doing that to other people, right? It's just like in a marriage. When When we get into that line of thinking, if my spouse would only do this, and then we begin thinking and mulling and thinking about that all the time to the point where as soon as they walk through the door, walk in the room, then we spew those things out of our mouth. Like, if you would just do this, or if you would change this behavior about yourself, or if you would change this practice about yourself, our marriage would be so much better. And we can get into that habit with our kiddos, especially if they've had trauma or they have a capital letter syndrome. We can think, oh my goodness, this child would be able to regulate so much better if they stop participating in this behavior or if they stop doing this or, you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank for your own child. You know your own child better than I do. You know what they deal with. But we can get stuck in that cycle because we know our kiddos get stuck in survival mode. So they want to control the environment around them. And when they want to control the environment around them, They can be essentially pushing people away, pushing away the very relationship that would help them heal. So then we just start noticing the control issues and the lying and the manipulative behavior because it's in our face every day. So I get it. If you're like, wait a minute, I'm not seeing any good behavior. I'm still trying to get them to have one good behavior. I understand. I totally understand. So instead of waiting for my kiddos to rise up to that bar of expectations that I had set before I offered praise, I set my sights on something other than measuring up. So think about it that way. And I'm telling you, I gave praise for the simplest things Playing with Play-Doh. You know, especially if one of my kiddos was playing with Play-Doh for a minute without arguing with someone. Oh, great job playing with the Play-Doh. Great job rolling out that Play-Doh. And if you feel fake, it's okay. That's okay. I think that we have bought this myth that being genuine tells 
everyone how you feel about them every single second. No, we're supposed to have self-control. We're supposed to think the best of everyone. We're supposed to walk in love towards one another. So, you know, if my kids built something with Legos, like, oh, great job building that with Legos with those three pieces that you put together. Well, my kids put together some pretty intricate things. That was a big thing for my boys, especially. And my girls, I shouldn't say just my boys. So these kids, they need praise just as much as we do. We need accolades. We need praise. We need someone to say, hey, you know what? Good job making dinner, mom. We don't always get that, but we need it. We would like to have that. And sometimes my kids would bristle at the praise at first because in their line of thinking, they may have been like, what do you mean by that? What are you going to expect? We have to remember that our kids have a past that already solidified the way they view the world. So maybe in their instance, like my kids were in an orphanage, so maybe in their instance, if someone offered them praise, they were expecting something back. They were expecting something that maybe my kids didn't want to give. So if your kids bristle at it at first, it's okay. Keep going. This is kind of what faith is. Faith is just looking forward, hoping that what you want to see happen is going to happen and then acting like it already has. Act as if your kids are smiling and receiving the praise and are in good relationship with you. So it eventually got to the point where my kiddos would say, Mom, look at this Lego creation I built. Look at this thing I did. Look at this cookie I made. Come and watch a puppet show. So is gradually, you know, the Bible says that we grow grace by grace. You know, we, we step from one little puddle of grace to another puddle of grace. It's not like we're just all of a sudden in this lake of grace. And our kids are the same way. They're slowly going to begin to receive the praise and the accolades. And it's going to begin to connect them to us. Imagine if you have never received any praise at all. Imagine if your life was just a fight to survive and everything you did was wrong. You couldn't sit right, eat right, speak right, or behave right in general. And people pointed those things out to you constantly. How would you feel or how do you feel if you live in a situation like that? Many of us grew up in homes like that where it was constant. It was nothing you could do was right. Now, how would you feel if you suddenly started receiving praise for things? Wouldn't it, once you realize that there was no evil motive behind it, wouldn't you keep doing those things? that you got praise for? And wouldn't you just start going towards that person in relationship and begin to feel safe around them and begin to trust? And I'm not saying that there would never be any regression because that's not true. 
And the truth is, I wouldn't have this podcast if I could just tell you my experiences once and say, okay, I did this and it worked. Done. Okay, I would have like five podcasts and I would never do it again. No, it's it's going to be a reoccurring thing. And what happens is we parents have to be the ones that are more proactive. And that's why I created this infographic and that's why it's available to you because we have to keep reminding ourselves. You know, it's kind of like those people who say, you know, I read the Bible. I read it. I know what it says. I don't have to read it again. No, we do have to keep reading it. And we do have to keep reminding ourselves of it. It's like those books like The Connected Child. That's one of those books that I had so battered and coffee stained and I still do. And so many highlights of it. It's kind of funny. I guess I do that with a lot of books that have a lot of life-changing meaning for me. Because when we first moved, which was just three weeks ago and I'm still unpacking. And my daughter, before all this quarantine hit, was over and she was helping me unpack the books for my office and every single book that she was taking out of the box that had real meaning to me had all of these sticky notes and tabs and highlights and coffee stains and we were kind of walking down memory lane together. You know, I remember this book. I remember when we read this book and and um, my grandson Pip was trying to take all my sticky notes out of a particular book and Audrey was like, no, don't take those out. Those are Nini's. She needs those. And I do. I need those. I need to constantly keep reminding myself. Even this morning, I was on looking on my bookshelves, and it's kind of, I've organized them. But it's different than it was in my other house. So I was looking for a particular book, a C.S. Lewis book. And I just couldn't find it. And it was just like, no, I can't lose that book. I need that book. Because that book had some information that I knew I needed to remind myself of and I needed to renew my mind. The Bible says we have to renew our mind. It's like we have to wash it. We have to cleanse it. We have to prepare it every day. And every day we have to remind ourselves, okay, I'm not just going to notice the bad behaviors. I am going to find something good. I'm going to set my mind on something good that my child does. I'm going to find it and I'm going to point it out to them and I'm going to praise them for it and I'm going to smile. And that is so, I mean, kids are looking at our faces all the time to see, what do you think of me? What am I? Who am I? Because they're searching you for those answers. So I'm going to finish this up today and I will see you next week on Positive Adoption where we will do the last tip in the Instead of Tips. Thanks for joining me. Bye. We're so glad you could join us on the Whole House Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on our Facebook page and on Instagram at the underscore whole underscore house. You can also follow us on thewholehouse.org by email to receive our newsletter and keep up to date on things happening at the Whole House.